With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today on the Callahan Podcast, well, we're talking NFL draft, and we're uh, commending, we're saluting Bill Belichick, who for once did what everyone wanted him to do. He got a quarterback, he got Tom Brady's successor, and uh, now he has to start him and tell Cam Newton, it was fun while it lasted, we're moving on. Also, Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, and you know what? When great quarterbacks want something, they generally get it. Where will Aaron Rodgers end up? Paul Feinbaum tells you why Bill Belichick uh, is uh, just not getting the job done anymore. He will explain it to you. We will play you the sound, which is incredible, from Paul Feinbaum. Caitlyn Jenner, transgender icon, is pissing off all her uh, fellow transgendered individuals. We'll tell you why. And Saturday Night Live, it's a new low. We'll tell you why the cast members, some of the cast members, of SNL aren't happy that Elon Musk is hosting this week. Some of them might not show up for work. We'll see how that goes. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more on today's Callahan podcast brought to you by DCU. Do you love your car, but hate your car payment? No problem. Refinance your car today with DCU and they could help lower your monthly payment, lower your interest rate, or both. Applying is easy and their loan experts will help you find the loan term, the payment that fits into your budget. Get out of that high rate loan and get the interest rate and the payment you deserve from DCU. Learn more and apply today at dcu.org slash refinance. Insured by NCUA membership required. Hi, Colony, let's go. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. All right, I'm ready, Cullinane. I'm ready to give you my grades, my draft grades. I watched every minute of uh, the the two days, two days, three days, three days. First round, then two and three, and then the rest of the draft. I know uh, Mr. Irrelevant. He's a linebacker from um, somewhere. I don't know, Texas. Uh, but uh, go ahead, throw one at me, team. I'll give you a grade. Uh, how about the How about the 49ers? B. 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 Anyone else? Uh, how about the, let's see, how about the Bears with Justin? Uh, uh, um, B plus. Okay, B good. Plus. All right, good. Yeah, All right, yeah, well. yeah. Those are good um, grades. These are important. I mean, my grade, don't ask me to uh, 
explain my grades you don't really i mean how do you how do you explain grading someone before they play it down i mean i know what patriots and a by the way i should have said page patriots are an a patriots oh a a plus i see i like i i you know i i wish i didn't like the patriot draft pick i wish i didn't like something belichick did because it's much more fun to go against the the grain and get you know, under the skin of Fortin Nation, but I love the Patriots pick because, first of all, I love quarterbacks. I'm going to give you the reasons why I love this this pick. I love quarterbacks. This is a great, great, great college quarterback. I mean, I was I was going over the numbers last night, and I did tweet about it because, I mean, the numbers. You think of Mac Jones, you know, as a product of the system. He had great. He had perhaps the best weapons college quarterbacks ever had, as we see the uh, the Heisman winner, who doesn't even go. You know, his teammate, his other another receiver, even goes ahead of the Heisman winner in the draft. But like twenty seven different Alabama guys go in the first round. So you're thinking, well, he just, you know, he was whatever. AJ McCarron. He just delivered the ball where it had to be. But he's much, much more than that. Uh, Mac Jones um, set a a record for QB rating in college with a two hundred three point one. Now, I didn't. I don't really know the system in college exactly how you figure out. I don't even know the system in the pro. I just in in the pros. I just know one fifty eight is the best you can do in the pros. Well, two hundred three point one is the best anyone's ever done in the uh, in college football. And numbers like this, 41 touchdowns, four picks, 4,500 yards, 77.4 completion percentage. Just numbers that blow you away that look like the Heisman, look like a guy who would win the Heisman in a landslide. They look like numbers that a a guy like Trevor Lawrence would have put up or a guy like uh, Joe Burrow who were uh, Heisman winner, um, not Lawrence didn't win the Heisman, but just really highly touted quarterbacks, uh, number one picks. Mac Jones put up numbers that in a normal year would get him a the Heisman B um I don't know picked in the top five maybe top ten the reason I love it well, I is, mean there were, I mean there was a chance that was going to happen anyway right, right. I mean, amazing he fell to to the Patriots but the 49ers seemed like they were undecided up until the final minute almost that well I don't think they were undecided I just think they they kept it secret and played everybody which is beautiful but here. Here's why you have to give the Patriots a high grade for this pick is because if they traded up to, I don't know, 6, 8, 10, 12, and took him, everyone would uh, commend them and say they went after their guy. They had their guy, and they said, we're going to do what it takes to get him, and they got him. And people would say, good for them. The quarterback is so important. It really doesn't matter to me in the end, what you give up for him, if he turns out to be a good NFL quarterback, that means everything. No player, no position in sports means more than your quarterback. So they wait till 15, and it was pretty uh, suspenseful. It was pretty entertaining. Watch the first round unfold, wondering if he would fall to 15 or if some team ahead of them would uh, ruin the plan. Maybe make, even if they had a quarterback, make a trade with someone else who didn't and, uh, and and get and take Mac Jones and screw Belichick over. It must have been nerve wracking. Now you'd never know it from Belichick, but it must have been nerve wracking for Belichick and Patriot coaches to wait that out. But they did. They waited. They sat there at fifteen. They didn't make a deal. Someone could have grabbed them ahead of them. They didn't. And I'm sure they had a backup plan. But this guy, to me, 
I believe people when they say this is the one guy, this is the guy Belichick wanted because, and I'll, and I'll tell you why is we hear often now that there's a new way of playing quarterback. Look at all the mobile quarterbacks, look at, you know, Lamar Jackson, or just look at, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson, guys who are great athletes who came on, who can, uh, make something out of nothing, scramble, do all the things uh, you know, that, that good athletic quarterbacks can do like uh trey lance apparently i mean let's be honest the guy played one game last year so there's not not a lot of people have ever seen him play but they know he's a terrific athlete and they think he's going to be a dual threat and he's going to be you know the the, the the a real uh modern day qb who brings that's not mac jones as we see mac jones mac jones didn't even look like an athlete when he walked up to the to the podium to put his hat on and hug Goodell. Just he looked, so much swagger out of Mac Jones. There was, there was a lot of, a lot of memes where yeah. he was compared to Belichick walking into the stadium or even better compared to uh Joker Heath Ledger's Joker from Batman. He kind of walked like him kind of stiff, but there's, there's two things a quarterback. And we've talked about this a lot because when we talked about uh, Cam Newton and just how bad Cam Newton is or was last year and probably will be going forward, there's two things the QB in the NFL must do above all others, and that's make good decisions and make accurate throws. And it's it's if, if Mac Jones probably did that as well as anyone. In fact, he had unbelievable numbers. I saw one stat for accurate throws over 10 yards down the field and his numbers were much better than trevor lawrence's and 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 like historically good i understand the receivers were great are great were spectacular you know, speedy just great nfl ready wide receivers good for him that's why you know that helps when you throw for 4500 yards and uh, and 41 touchdowns and four picks uh, and by the way, had like his best game in the national title game against Ohio State. So when the pressure was on, he threw for uh, 464 yards and five touchdowns and won a national title. But if Belichick and whoever, Ernie Adams in his last draft or Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniel sit around and say, we need someone who can drop back three steps, five steps and deliver, you know, a 12 yard, 15 yard out on the money. Just drop back, throw, drop, drop back, throw, use these new tight ends that they got these y- these stud tight ends they signed. What? Who could do it better than Mac Jones? Maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe not. But if this is the guy who can do what they want, want done at quarterback, which is what they what Brady did for twenty years, why mess around? Take him at fifteen and start him day one. Now Belichick, I know, said. Uh, said uh, Cam Newton's our quarterback. Can I just say I'm not going to go all fine bomb on you here but can i just say belichick is full of it cam newton is not the quarterback if he is then if cam newton's the starter on day one that means mac jones failed in his first test which to me is to win the job in preseason in 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 the off season you know in june and and then then in in august in preseason if he doesn't perform the way you expect and cam newton beats him out then then we should redo our draft grades because then the the A plus that I just gave him is going to be a, I don't know, a D because if 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 Mac Jones who's you know big kid smart apparently super smart throws accurately makes good decisions knows what they want 
if he can't beat out Cam Newton, who was one of the worst, if not the worst quarterback in the NFL last year, then you have issues. I understand Belichick likes Cam, and so do Patriot fans and you know media. Everyone likes Cam Newton, but you can't. You know, you, you, your eyes weren't lying to you. Your eyes told you that he sucked last year. We already gone over the numbers and whatever, 11 touchdowns, whatever it is. And, and eight. Yeah, but he's, but he's already in the area working out a ton. So he, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's already lifting him. And, and you know, down. yeah, he is lifting way, out. He's, he's being a team guy. By the way, Mac Jones, I would say like kind of the anti Cam Newton. He doesn't spend a lot of time in the weight room. As we saw when we saw his uh, shirtless photos, he's more, he's, he's like Brady when Brady was a rookie, but fatter, you know, higher, uh, body fat and cam newton is a specimen just amazing you know sculpted strong body lifts a lot works out a lot shirtless of course looking in the mirror i don't think mac jones works out shirtless in front of a mirror just my guess but one thing but i think what they believe mac jones can do is what cam newton could not do which is deliver the ball in stride on the hands i mean even tight ends you remember last year Tight end would be, be like an eight-yard throw, and Newton would skip it at his feet or over his head. He just doesn't throw accurately anymore. I'm not sure how good he was on his best day. I know he won an MVP and a Heisman and you know, went to a Super Bowl. But if but I'm just going to predict that Belichick will say Cam's our guy till, I don't know, late August when they'll, they'll share the duties in uh, preseason and even, you know, we – Layman will sit back and watch a preseason game and go, holy crap, Mac Jones is better. So late August, so at some point, either Cam Newton will get a, I don't know, ham, sore hammy, you know, or, or something, ankle sprint, back spasm, some, some injury. And, and, and we don't wish, we don't wish injuries on players though here. Just no, I mean, we don't want that to happen. We don't want to force it, but yeah, I get right. I mean, think of the dumb things. Cam Newton had terrible pocket presence last year too he would run when he shouldn't have run and throw when he should have should not have thrown those are the things that you expect mac jones to not do to not make dumb decisions to not try and run when he shouldn't run the idea that you have to follow the crowd and come up with an athletic quarterback just because you know that's the way the game is going why would you feel the need to do that if you just had 20 years of the greatest player in nfl history who never ran the ball, who never scrambled for 10, 12 yards in a first down, who never, you know, made dumb decisions because of he thought athletically he could, uh, uh, you know, make a play. Brady never, ever did that for good reason. He was too, you know, he couldn't run. He was slow and he was smart. So he just dropped back and threw the ball. That's what Mac Jones is going to do. He's not going to try to make plays with his feet because that's not what you want him to do. You want him to find those tight ends. You want him to find a, uh, you know, whatever James White out of the backfield to do the smart thing. By the way, Mac Jones is a much better athlete than Tom Brady. <laughs> not that it matters, but his forty-yard dash, four eight six. Brady's was like five one. You know, his twenty-yard shuttles and three cone, three cone drills and all that. Much better 
than Tom Brady. That's how bad Brady was. Oh, even even if Mac Jones though doesn't win the job, you can't. I mean, you can't grade Belichick in, in a bad way. I mean, just the fact that he waited it out. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in the need of a quarterback right now, which they desperately are, obviously, and you wait out and you get somebody with this type of upside at the 15th pick, I mean, that's a whether it works out or not, that's a very successful. Well, pick. let me say this: I was prepared to bash Belichick, and I'm sure he was concerned about this. I was prepared to come down on him if, and I thought this was going to happen as I'm watching the draft and I know Mac Jones is there. I said, Belichick is going to stick it to everybody. This is what he loves to do. And he's going to take a, a cornerback from uh, wherever, from, from Rutgers, or he's going to take a pass rusher, which he you know did later in the, whatever third round, he's going to do something to, uh, you know, annoy everybody. It's just typical Belichick, the, the contrarian. He didn't do it. He did. He, drafted for the biggest need they have. And we know he's been very active in free agency and he's you know making deals. And we know this, this quarterback, whoever it is in 2021, will have better weapons, much better weapons than Cam Newton did and better weapons than Brady did for many years. But um, Belichick did what all the fans wanted him to do, which, and probably the media too, which is just unusual. It's different. Uh, so I thought that was, uh, commendable in that Belichick wasn't afraid to look like he was with the crowd, man. He was, he was, uh, listening to the, to the fans, which he never, ever does. But in this case, the need was so glaring. He had to do it. And the more you look at Cam, the uh, more you look at Mac Jones, the more you say that guy is a starter on day one and a guy who will do exact, who will, you know, be smart and be studious and diligent and do exactly what they want him to do. No ad lib and no dumb stuff, no putting the ball on the ground like Newton did in the, you know, the final drive against Buffalo to give the game away. He'll throw the ball where it's supposed to be thrown and take advantage of these weapons, which is why I, I love the pick. I wish I could say, yeah. Does, does, does he have a hot mom? Can we ask the plus, question? Plus, that has to be plus, criteria. Plus I was pretty happy. Like, uh, like my friend, Max Kellerman, the NFL did not draft three straight white guys, which sure. was important. My antenna was up, Colin. My antenna was up. They drafted Trevor Lawrence and then Zach Wilson. And as I was waiting for San Francisco, if they pick Mac Jones, which was at number three, we don't know what Belichick would have done. He would have taken a quarterback at some point. But thank God that Trey Lance is not white, or at least not, you know, doesn't appear to be white. I I'm, I'm, don't know much about Trey Lance. Nobody does. But he broke up that that very disturbing string of two straight white guys. And by the way, wasn't there like ten straight black guys after that? I mean, only Max Kellerman, that nitwit, could give a damn what how many how many white guys were drafted in a row. It's just so idiotic. And again, that's ESPN today because there's probably not one person at ESPN said, Max. What the hell are you talking about? Who cares if the, the third pick in the draft is white? You think they give a damn? The 49ers gave up a lot to get there. The quarterback, I mean, the coach and the GM, their careers are riding on this pick. And you think they should care what race it is, right race he is? It's just madness. But anyway, I had fun mocking and ridiculing uh, Max Kellerman, as did a lot of other people. But I, 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 you know, when you think about, other draft picks, which is how these guys grade all these, you know, national guys grade teams on their fifth and sixth round pick. Nobody knows a damn thing about them. Nobody knows anything about whether a fifth or sixth round pick can play or going to make the team. 
So I like to grade on the first round pick because I've seen him. Everyone's seen uh, a lot of uh, of Mac Jones and seen the and, and looked at these incredible numbers he put up and listened to what he says and all that. So you grade him on that, and you grade him on the fact that they just sat at fifteen and didn't give up anything and got their guy, and now we get the chance to watch him play in a Patriot uniform, which is the most, as I always say, the most entertaining thing about being. A sports fan is watching a young quarterback, watching a good quarterback play. Um, and we get to see one. Hopefully we get to see one. And Cam Newton is going to be interesting because he's not going to win the job. If he does, something's wrong with Mac Jones. But if Cam Newton wins the job, uh, doesn't win the job, is he really going to happily, you know, put on a, a cap? Yeah, or does yeah. he wear one of his funky fedoras with the feather? And he will. He's a he's a social media influencer now. He's like a positive guy. He's going to turn everything into a positive and somehow monetize the content of odds are stacked <laughs> against me. Can I come back? Now? That's what he's That's what he's doing. You think he's, he's worried about monetizing the content? Yes. He, I, I, I absolutely do. He, he has a camera crew following him around his every move right now. Belichick knows better, obviously, and and Josh McDaniels know much better than we do, but. I can't picture him happily playing the role of, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick or not even, you know, whatever of, uh, of, of Why? Matt Schaub just Why? saying, I'll, I'll be the backup. We got a good young quarterback. He's 32. I believe that is not the age when a stud former MVP, former Heisman winner guy with supreme self-confidence says, you know, my stays of a st as a starter are over. I'll step back and let this uh, doughy young kid from Alabama, uh, from Jacksonville, Florida. I let him step in. He just replaced the great quarterback. He replaced the greatest quarterback of all time, and could not have. It could not have gone worse. It was. It, it was the worst season I've ever watched a quarterback possible. <laughs> it was that bad. You have to understand how bad that was, and understand there is a great possibility that he will never be a starting quarterback ever again. Don't don't forget that. Don't forget that. See, I think people who want to give who, who people who want to blindly support Belichick are going to say. He knows what he's doing. Obviously, Cam Newton is, uh, you know, whatever. His shoulder hurt last year, or didn't have the weapons, or didn't get the breaks. He had COVID. Let's he had COVID. That's a good point. He did have COVID, so uh, it took a lot out of him. So uh, just like it took a lot out, out of Jason Tatum, you know, um, COVID just killed him. Um. Anyway, anyway, I am never going to get to the point where I say, you know what, Belichick was right. Cam Newton's still the starter. Mac Jones has a lot to learn. Those days are over when guys used to get drafted and then sit, you know, sit a year or two, like like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. Got you know, guys like like Joe Burrow, they invest a lot of money in them. The fans want to see them. They're much more advanced than they were in the old days because of all the football they played and how, how wide open the offenses are. And guys don't even know what it's like to take a snap under center when they get to the pros because their whole life is in shotgun. They play seven on seven tournaments all year round. That's why guys are much more ready today than they were, you know, a generation ago. And 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 look at Mac Jones. The guy was the quarterback, starting quarterback for Alabama. You know, won a national title, played in in big games every week, uh, played in the SEC, of course. I mean, that's a good uh, that's that's good preparation for for you know the AFC East. Let's be honest. For the most part, SEC has been more competitive than the AFC East in the last twenty years. But I love the pick. I love watching young quarterbacks and especially young quarterbacks with good tight ends and, you know, wide open offenses. And hopefully 
He is just one of those old school quarterbacks who drops back and throws the ball. Think about it. The greatest quarterback ever didn't run the ball. He wasn't considered a great athlete. The second greatest, uh, I'm going to say the third, second or third greatest ever, Peyton Manning. What did he do his entire career? He dropped back and threw the ball. Didn't ever, ever run the ball. Didn't Wasn't a great athlete. The fifth or sixth best, Drew Brees, much you know better athlete than Brady or, or Manning, but he didn't make his living running, tucking and running and scrambling like uh, Lamar Jackson for 40 yards. The idea that you have to be able to run because that's what – uh, Deshaun Watson or, or Patrick Mahomes does or can do is silly because that's not what Brady did. And Brady has seven rings. So you need a replacement for Brady. You got a guy I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's one of those guys who'll never go in the weight room. So he'll become like a, you know, he'll become a fan favorite for all the guys with dad bods out there. Cause he's got a serious dad bod and he's only 22. I don't know. I'm going to guess he's a, I'm going to guess he doesn't eat like Tom Brady. He does not. Yeah, it, it, it's the, I mean, obviously we remember what Tom Brady's picture looked like uh, around the combine and draft day. And he's going to turn into 10 years from now. He's going to be at the Kentucky Derby looking like the best, best dressed guy in the room and friggin', uh, you know, whatever facial thing that Tom Brady has done, like work that he's, I, I, you know, I honestly, I've been to the Kentucky Derby a few times uh, to cover it. And uh, it was an experience. I enjoyed it, but I don't get the fascination. Why you'd want to, Hey, why do you want to dress like that? But if you're not a gambler or a big drinker, I mean, that's what you do. I went to the Kentucky Derby uh, and hung out with Bob Newmeyer and it was an experience. I mean, he, everyone's looking for his pick and asking for, you know, his, his picks in other races and the day and the uh the race the day before and all this and they're into the gambling and the drinking the mint juleps it's drink it's a it's bourbon drinking time and you know you're eating bad you know crappy food and you're and you're betting on horses what's the fascination if you're tom brady or you know aaron Rodgers? i mean brady loves it but and i know brady loves to get dressed up and have people take yeah. his picture like he's a runway model Guy time. Guy but when he sits down in my experience, when you sit down at these things, you're either, you know, into the to the horses and the gambling and, you know, the next, you know, superfecta, or you're into the party, which is going hard. The people on the infield, uh, they, you know, they drink hard. They go hard. They get crazy. Then Brady doesn't do that. Brady doesn't, I don't think no, he's a big you gambler. Didn't, you didn't see like Aaron Rodgers go crazy over the weekend. I think this is one of the... Um, one events that Brady actually does drink at per year. So I think this is considered like a, in his world, it's a big party day for him. He used to always right. post a picture with the former, you know, with Welker and all the guys he would go with. It's a party day in his world. In our world, it's, you know, I don't know, Saturday. After and you sit down and you play, yeah. obviously the one big race everyone bets on, but the, you know, again, that's two minutes. <laughs> What's the rest of the day like if you're Tom Brady? You're not chasing chasing females around. I mean, you can't do that. Yep. You're married and everybody's watching no, you. You're not drinking getting, a lot. It's getting away from the female. That was his excuse. That was his yeah. one day a year that he had. Now, somehow, I don't know how he pulled this one with Giselle. Now he's like a UFC guy. So now I we know. get to all the UFC pay-per-view. He's, he's playing it smart. He's, he's kind of like easing his way into going out. You know, once or twice a month away from the family. He gets a lot of away time for a yeah. guy who's got, a, you know, three kids and a very demanding wife and a lot of responsibilities. He does get away. He does have boys night out. And 
that, and I'm sure that that was one of the rules, even before he got married, I do, I get to go to the Kentucky Derby with my boys and everyone looks forward to seeing what silly hat, uh, I almost said Cam Newton because it was, he looked, he had the Cam Newton look, but Brady had a big ass hat. And, uh, I was thinking about it over the weekend, just randomly as I saw Brady, I was like, he's married to literally the biggest earthy, crunchy person on the face of the earth. And he's out there watching horses, you know, run around a track. And then also he watches people get the shit kicked out of each other. See, like she can't love that. He's, you know, a big fan of these events. You you think Brady gives a damn about the climate change? Oh, no, Uh, no, no. I mean, he might pretend to keep uh, his wife happy, but no, no chance. I mean, he, he likes driving, you know, big SUVs or, or, you know, fast Audis and flying his private jet and going to the Derby and going to UFC and doing what he wants to do is no way he gives a damn. He doesn't even probably, you know, spend one second except when, you know, it's whatever earth day and his wife makes him plant a tree or something in the yard. He doesn't care about any of that, but, um, Brady, we have a, we have a replacement as you point out. Cam Newton had the job of replacing the greatest ever, which is never an enviable task. Think of, we often use the example of Pete Carroll had to f- take over for Parcells, who's not the greatest ever by any stretch, but he was a big presence and a great coach. And uh, Carroll had the, the 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 job of filling those sizable shoes. It didn't work out. Three seasons, he got worse each year. He, you know, finished 500 his last year, I believe, but... Then Belichick takes over. That's what you want to be. The guy after the guy who replaces the legend. That is what Mac Jones is. The guy after the guy replacing the legend. You know, Newton gave it his best shot. Again, everybody likes him. Everyone thinks he's a nice guy, a good leader, a good interview. Everyone thinks he's a snappy dresser and a big, big personality. He was a terrible quarterback last year. He's not going to be the starter this year. And I wonder how how well he'll handle the job of uh, here's a clipboard. Uh, Why don't you, you know, chart the plays for us, Cam, old buddy, and help mentor the young quarterback from Alabama. We'll see how that goes, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm giving him, I'm giving him a a plus. Um, It was as always a wild NFL weekend because, you know, NFL, even NFL could do anything. Did you see the numbers for the draft, by the way, the rating for Thursday night, when they drag it out and it's slow. And I mean, I understand the teams want to see who their team fans want to see who their team takes, but look at the, get the, get the ratings. Uh, I mean, they weren't quite, didn't quite knock off the Oscars, but it was close. Bigger numbers for the NFL draft than most um, playoff baseball games than many playoff basketball, hockey games. I mean, the NFL draft is like, you know, obviously, number one is NFL games, but uh, there the, the the numbers are incredible. People and and I I always think back to when I you know when they started making a big deal out of it. I don't know, thirty years ago, I we all mocked it. We mocked Mel Kiper. We mocked his hair. We mocked the jo- the idea that a guy had a full time job to evaluate you know nineteen year old kids playing college football. And now I, I, I listen to everything Mel Kuyper says, you know, I'm checking. What does he say about this guy? Who's got, I mean, it's amazing what they have built. They've built this much wa- must watch show 
which used to be just this routine thing where you pick a bunch of college players and say, oh, cool, my team got a linebacker. Now you know everything about him. You watch the way he walks. You watch who, you know, what his parents look like, his girlfriend. I mean, you know every little detail about your top pick. And then there are people who know every detail about the second round pick and the fourth round pick and the sixth round pick. And the, they're making deals and you're on Twitter watching, oh, would they give up for the, you know, the fourth round pick and However they did it, I'm not sure who's responsible, whether it's, you know, ESPN or Mel Kuyper or Roger Goodell. It is, I, I watched, it is, I don't say much watch TV, but it's pretty entertaining. That has to be one of the, one of the toughest things to produce, right? I, I was watching that. I'm like, you got to get every single player. You got to get every single highlight package from all these unknown players. You want all this background information. Like that has to be from a sports production standpoint, effort level on that. You know, you know what they do? They get, they give them six months to do it. You know, they have all the time in the world. Cause it's such a big deal. I was watching, you know, like the combined, combined numbers, they beat the Oscars, by the way. Combined, if you're, if you're beat, taking oh, when they do with NFL Network. Yeah, ESPN, ABC, and NFL Network beat the Oscars. They the beat the Oscars. That's incredible. Yeah. The Oscars, uh, what was it, 23 years ago, the Oscars had 50, 55 point something million viewers. This year, they had 9.8, and they lost to the NFL draft. A, com a combined 12.5 million viewers on Thursday night. Jesus, that's yeah. incredible. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, there's only what a dozen teams that really have, you know, if you're picking 27th, is it really that exciting, you know, for your team? If you're, if, you know, if you're the Chiefs or if you're the, the Texans and you don't have any picks for the first three rounds, uh, are, are their fans actually tuning in? It's incredible. 12 million viewers, which beats probably every baseball game for the last five years. And uh, and basketball too. I mean, it's incredible the the production the, that they've made this thing. And I gotta confess, I watched. I sit there. I I I took. So I started watching. I don't know when I was watching TV. I just took my my laptop, put it in front of me, and you know, every time they're about to pick, I'd go watch the draft. And then you had a little ticker on the side saying five more minutes on the pick. Psst, you could tune out. But it was a pretty eventful weekend, which started, by the way, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, apparently we don't know this on the record, although we did an interview and we have it at the, um, Kentucky Derby. When you first hear, and I know I'm, I'm old school old fashioned, and, but when I first hear a quarterback wants out and the quarterback's making whatever, 40 million a year, and the quarterback is on a good team that, that, that should have, uh, you know, one beaten the bucks at home and gone to the Super Bowl, But, um, when you first hear it, my instinct is screw him, the GM, the coach, whoever the, you know, the president There's no owner. It's green Bay should just say, uh, we well, are under contract. You're going nowhere. Just, you know, get over it. That's not how it works anymore. When quarterbacks want out they're they're especially star quarterbacks. And this is, you know, the MVP, the reigning MVP, uh, first ballot hall of famer, a great, great player decides he wants out. And when we, we don't have any confirmation from him, but um, I believe Yahoo was the first to report that he will not play in Green Bay for GM Brian Gutenunst. Gutenunst. Um, do, I, do, do I have that name right? Gutenunst? Yeah, you, I think you, you pronounced it accurately. I think Good, that's yeah, accurate. I did. I've been that's doing. Right. I did my my homework. Gutenunst. Uh, Rogers hates him. Does not want to play for him. Is not participating in their virtual uh whatever mini camps but not but not, de but not demanding he be fired however 
but not demanding anything on yeah. the record, correct? I mean, they obviously know there's all kinds of reports. If you if you Google it, you'll see all kinds of rumors. And But there's show me an example of a great quarterback, a star quarterback, a franchise quarterback who wanted out, who didn't get out. You know, they, they want out, whether it's, you know, whatever, Matthew Stafford or, uh, you know, whoever. The, the quarterback calls the shots. If the quarterback wants out, the quarterback gets out. Quarterbacks are the most powerful guys besides commissioners. <laughs> quarterbacks are more powerful than coaches. They're more uh, uh, important to teams, more vital to teams than coaches. You know, if a quarterback wants out, Tom Brady got out. They just let him go. They, I mean, it, it, he, he didn't get traded. They just let him walk away because he's Tom Brady, the greatest ever, and he wanted out, and he kind of forced their hand, and they let him walk. That's how it works. If Rodgers wants out, he's getting out, and they will get to trade him, and they will get a lot in return, and you know, Green Bay could start the rebuilding with uh, Jordan Love. But when you first hear it, you say, ah, they'll never let go. I mean, pissed him off last year, but look what it did. He then became the NFL MVP. It maybe sparked him up a little bit for the last season. It worked out in Green Bay's behalf. So you almost think if you're a Green Bay's Packers fan, I could see your side of this. uh, What you were starting this segment with was if you're a fan, you're saying, Jesus Christ, like they, you were just MVP, you know, you you made the play, right? They made the play. Yeah, they made the playoffs. Yes, like they played the. You know, what's the, wrong they, here? If you're a fan, you're like, what's wrong? I think the guy. He, I don't know if he's just using leverage. Like if he's, I'm trying to like decipher his mentality with the situation because it does seem like everything's everything's kind of working out in his. Yeah, I think Rogers is a classic guy that isn't happy unless he's unhappy. You know, he needs that grievance. He needs that grudge, and you know, he wants and, and maybe it helps motivate him. Just like last year when they drafted Love and he went out and had a spectacular season and won the MVP. But if he indeed wants out and they know, we don't know, but they know for sure he's getting out and they're already setting odds and teams that he'll play for. I think Denver's. Well, that was the rumor with who, who started that Mark Schlereth over the weekend. Right, Mark Schlereth, Denver, Denver, exactly. Mark Schlereth said they're talking to Denver and maybe they are. And uh, I think it was Denver, Chicago, no, the giants. Somebody came up with a list of teams that he would accept the trade to. Um, but, uh, and it was Denver, the giants, which is why I, I find it notable because I'm surprised he'd want to go play for the giants, but maybe, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he wants to be in New York. Maybe, you know, maybe it's, he wants to be in a big city and take can and, you know, go on all the shows and take you know, advantage of all the marketing opportunities. But we will see what uh, I mean, he happens. Thinks, he thinks with, he's taking over his host of friggin' Jeopardy for Christ's sake. Right. Like, is he, is he just like. Is he tapped? Is he wacko? Like I can, I can see the internet supporting him with something like that. Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he was so great. He's not better than anybody else that has been on there. People are absolutely. Brady, Tom Brady is not just the greatest quarterback, greatest player ever, but he's the most impactful. When you think about it, he forced his way out of New England, went to Tampa, built his own team, still building his own team, won a Super Bowl. Everything worked out great. So a guy like Rodgers is saying, and and others, maybe that's what motivated you know Stafford. But others are looking at it saying, I'm the quarterback. I'm the most important guy in this team. I can get what I want. I don't like this GM. If I'm staying here, he's going. Or if he's staying, I'm going. So Rodgers could force a trade. He absolutely could. He might. Uh, we will see how serious he is. Or maybe he just wants to get rid of Gutenunst. <laughs> maybe he just doesn't like Gutenunst, which means Gutenunst is going to be 
on the on the street. Out well, nobody, it's like funny. No, nobody can get him on the record right now. So I guess Tarico bumped into him walking into the Derby. He wouldn't talk to Tarico, right? He went to the Derby with AJ Hawk, who is actually, I think he's like a co-host with Pat McAfee. Can't get him on the record there, even though I'm sure he knows the information. And then he did talk to the Kentucky Derby's like, let's call it television network uh, at, at the actual event. And they never asked about his situation, obviously. Right. They don't do, care. Do, do you do you have any of that? Because what they ask about yeah. the race? Because oh, he had a he had a name tag on that said Turd Ferguson, <laughs> and he was dressed, but not dressed nearly as uh, extravagantly as um, as Tom Brady. He was dressed nicely, but do we have Brady? I mean, do we have Rogers talking have to the, the the track reporter, the Churchill Downs reporter? There's a gentleman here today by the name of Mattress Mac who's uh, going to wager between $2 million and $4 million on the favourite essential quality. I was just wondering, um, do you bring that sort of bankroll with you to the races? Hell no. <laughs> no, I mean, I love this, but I'm not trying to do any life-changing money bets out here. I'm just trying to, to make some nice little small bets and have fun. That's all. He didn't show any personality besides that. So they, the interview they, was just about who he brought with him. And, and the guy had to ask one question. I mean, obviously, the guy's you know, probably not a football fan, but someone had to get in his ear and say, just ask, do you want out? That's not a hard question to ask. Yep. Just a lot of rumors, Aaron, a lot of people talking, a lot of speculation. Do you want out of Green Bay? And he Question mark. End of question. And that would have been the, well. It would have taken over the uh, the social media world right. over over the Kentucky Derby. So that actually maybe that was a a savvy play by that reporter. So for always for his well, own. he didn't know. I mean, he was yeah. British, right? He doesn't yeah. you know. He probably going to want to ask about the super teams in the soccer league. I I know nothing about that except they're making life uncomfortable for the Glaziers and the Pazooties, which is good. Go for it. I want all those crazy hooligans in 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 England to. Uh, continue to go after these Brits, the, I mean, these uh, American uh, grifters, these, uh, you know, these carpetbaggers over there. Keep going, guys. Um, but anyway, did you know that Shea Concrete is the largest manufacturer of recon retaining wall systems in North America? Well, you do now. In fact, in 2020, Shea set a new company record when they man manufactured 178,000 square feet of retaining wall. This is a testament to Shea's legendary teamwork from engineering to manufacturing to dispatch and delivery. As the guys at Shea like to say, teamwork makes the teamwork. They do. I've seen them. I've been around them when they say that. Shea Concrete's high-performing precast concrete retaining walls stand up to New England's active climate and come in a wide variety of shapes, designs, and textures to meet your retaining wall needs. So whether you need a residential, a commercial, or an industrial application, Shea has a dedicated team that will assist you with conceptual design, site walks, and installation. Let Shea show you the way. Call Shea Concrete at 800-696-SHEA. That's 800-696-SHEA. Or just log on to SheaConcrete.com. Back to football. One more story over the weekend that just made me laugh out loud. Paul Feinbaum, a total d uh, dink. Um, and uh, uh, I guess big time, you know, everyone, college, he's a college football guy for ESPN, this geeky looking bald guy who uh, I guess has a big following down south. Not a lot of people up uh, north, you know, spend a lot of time listening or uh, reading Paul Feinbaum, but he does, what does he do in a show for ESPN that's like on 
syndicated down south, but nowhere up north. I don't even yeah, know where you'd yeah. find. He was, yeah, he was syndicated on ESPN Radio. I mean, he, just nobody's going to pick him up northeast because he's just focusing on the SEC and, and stuff like that. So uh, I don't I don't know. He did have a TV show on ESPN for a little while as well, but I don't think that had any ratings either. So, um, but I guess he's big with college football fans and SEC fans, and I understand that. But uh, he had an evaluation of the Patriots, which. It, it sounds like it's. It sounds like trolling. It sounds like a guy who doesn't like Belichick, who doesn't like New England, and and we can get to you know doesn't like doesn't like me, doesn't like us. Uh, and I understand, but he has decided, and this is such a you know troll job. He's decided Belichick has lost it without Brady because Belichick has gotten lazy now. You've followed Belichick's whole career in New England. I have followed it, and I was at his last game in Cleveland. Um, I've had lots of criticism of Belichick, heard lots of criticism. Has anyone ever called him lazy? No, I've never heard that. (laughs) Can you ever be a great NFL coach and be lazy? I mean, that's a hard thing for me to imagine, that Belichick's kicking back, getting lazy. But that's the charge. And the reason, well, one of the reasons – to Feynman presents to support his case is that he hired his son, his son, who's a what assistant linebacker coach or whatever he is inside linebacker coach who is, you know, I think he's older than uh, Sean McVay and he's still paying his dues, still a position coach and, you know, hasn't been, uh, made the defensive coordinator yet, and, and you'd, we'd hear something locally if if his son was a problem in any way, or if it was a distraction, or if well, was, you know why Malcolm Butler didn't start uh, playing the Super Bowl, don't you? You heard those rumors. But. There we go. All right, let's hear from Feinbaum. Let's hear from Feinbaum on Belichick. I'm also a little concerned about this rather lazy. Well, Bill Je- Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. Um, really. Have you guys watched uh, the New England Patriots in the last couple of years? Uh, Tom Brady knows what he's doing. I'm not sure Bill Belichick does. He's made some dubious coaching hires, uh, starting with his son, and he's made some, I think, disastrous draft choices. So, so I, I, I like Mac Jones a lot. I know I'm getting, I'm, I'm burying the lead here. I think, I think he's a very good quarterback. Will he be a great NFL quarterback? I have no earthly idea. But don't confuse the fact that just because Bill Belichick drafts you and he's never drafted a quarterback before, well, big deal. I mean, why, why did he need to uh, draft a quarterback in the first round before that Mac Jones is automatically going to be the next Peyton man? That isn't, uh, that's not the worst criticism because he hasn't been the best uh, at drafting in the last few years. So that's not... No, but nobody, nobody says he is. <laughs> nobody said he's the greatest drafter or whatever, the greatest... Uh, evaluator but i mean using his son as an example of why he's gotten lazy uh has he called has he called andy reed lazy lately because andy reed's son i mean you want to talk about a token um a nepotism hire look at brit reed who's not with the team anymore is going to prison but i mean that was probably you know of i mean we, we understand that stephen belichick wouldn't have that job without in the name when i mean everyone knows that it's it's like saying hunter biden wouldn't have you know all these jobs was even hunter biden admits that he would would have none of this this none of these scams going on if not for his name but is that an example of belichick getting lazy hiring his son as whatever he is assistant 
you know, defensive assistant? Is that that means he's lazy? No, that's peak. I mean, I don't, I don't listen to enough fine bomb, but that's clearly just a way to, to agitate. And, you know, that's the only thing he could off the top of his head as he's going on a stupid rant, even though Belichick just maybe made one of the best picks he's ever made in a draft. So he's just he's just shooting for it there. Right. And I, I do think I mean, he's not again, he's a big deal down south. If Belichick gets wind of this, I could just say that he is the greatest ever, as we know, at ignoring the noise, ignoring the whatever, the talk show talk, the fodder. But some things get to him, and he hears them, and they bother him. As we remember him, he still has a grudge against Tom Jackson. He won't even look at him, and he was friendly. We've heard the stories. He was friendly with Chris Berman. He would talk to Chris Berman and just flat out turns back on Tom Jackson because Tom Jackson – said they hate their coach. He will never forget <clears throat> Trent Dilfer saying they're not any good anymore. I mean, things like that. He doesn't hear everything from the media, but he hears some things. Is that, some how, uh, is that how you are with Feinbaum after he uh, attacked hold you? On, hold you, on. You before, <laughs> before we get to that, I just want to um, – I was wrong. Sean McVay is one year older than Stephen Belichick. There's lots of coaches, as we know, these the LaFleurs and all these young coaches getting opportunities. Stephen Belichick, I'm not saying he's paying his dues and would have been there without dad, but he's 34 and he's still a uh, outside linebacker coach. So he's not being propelled into some really important role ahead of his time. Anyway, and I don't know, maybe he's a good coach, maybe he's not. Who the hell knows? He, uh, he finally got rid of the mullet, right? Which is good. That's progress. He has unfiltered access to the greatest uh, football coach in the history of the game. I mean, I and I know he's his son, but it's like I, I would I would take that shot if I as a fan of the Patriots, I'm I'm welcoming that shot for as a transition period for the team. Why not? And, and I mean he hasn't even made him defensive coordinators. Anyone think he's gonna step down and make him uh coach head coach? Yeah. You know, it's not like he can't, he can't do that anyway. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, uh, you know, his role, but anyway, fine bomb. That's fine bomb on Belichick. And I'm predicting Belichick is going to get wind of that. He's not going to do anything obvious or outward about it, but he will, that will bother him. And I could tell you why you could say things about Belichick. Obviously you can say he's a dink to the media and he wouldn't care, but calling, <clears throat> calling him lazy, calling any coach lazy that's how to get under the skin. They're all, they all take pride in how hard they work. They all think of themselves as workaholics. Some are more maniacal than others. And we know Dick Vermeil slept in the office and McVeigh is on the road at four in the morning and uh, uh, Gruden too. Gruden's in the office at four in the morning. No football coach, especially not the greatest ever, is going to just let that roll off his back. You call them lazy, you hit them where it hurts. I predict... Paul Feinbaum, who again is a dick, is going to uh, get the attention in some form, at some level, of Belichick. And you know what he'll do? He'll take it out on someone else at ESPN because Feinbaum doesn't really cover any NFL football, so he won't have any interaction, a chance to get, you know, turn his back on him specifically. But he will hold it against ESPN. Um, but hey, join the club, Bill Belichick, because it wasn't that long ago that Paul Feinbaum had turned his guns on me and uh, my former partner and sometimes friend, because I don't even remember what we did, Colin. And we talked about Feinbaum kissing Manning's ass. I can't even imagine what you guys were talking about. That. <laughs> like for, for Paul Feinbaum to catch wind of it, I can't even imagine what you guys. Well, the Manning, man, he's uh, well known as uh, for kissing the Manning family's ass. And I think if I have this correct, like when the subject of Peyton Manning slapping the trainer on the ass or whatever had shown, uh, shown his ass to the trainer at Tennessee. 
You know, he just jumps to the defense. He jumps to Archie Manning's defense. I'm going to guess Archie Manning or whoever, some of the Mannings are good sources for Paul Feinbaum because he does not tolerate any criticism of the Manning family. So we just basically called him an ass kisser of the, of the Mannings, I believe. And then a caller brought us up to Paul Feinbaum to see what, if he would react. And he did. It was good. Your buddy Jerry Callahan and uh, Kirk Minahan back in Boston. They're, uh, but they always say, and you know. Well, but let, let me say no about Callahan. Uh, let me say about those two guys. So, what's the other guy's name? Minahan and Callahan. Minahan, yeah, Minahan. I mean, those guys are are a uh, are, are a blot on the face of the earth. I mean, they are just uh, they represent everything that's wrong in society. They're haters. Uh, they've uh, never done a constructive well, thing in their life. Uh, I, don't have you know, to, I don't have to disagree with that. But what um, they always say I mean, is, so I, I don't really care what those two clowns say about anything. Well, they, what they always say I mean, is, what, what whenever they ever accomplish, DUI uh, by the way, what did, what did they ever accomplish? This is uh, May 30th, 2017. What do you think you guys were doing? Uh, what, what do you think the book was that quarter? I think it was pretty damn good. I don't know what you know, Feinbaum's ratings are, but I, you know, most people in New England don't even know who he is. Uh, he won't let the guy ask the question. I don't know. What is the guy asking about? He won't let him get it out. I have no idea. Let's see if it continues. Hold on. I mean, does either one of you have a high school degree? <laughs> yeah. You know, Kirk? Kirk comes from a rich family. No, good. <laughs> Something so, that, you know, people. Uh, you know what? Let's throw the guy a, a parade um, on, Beacon, on Beacon Street because he comes from a rich family. <laughs> no, but I think. I didn't come from one. A lot okay? of people, I'm, I'm actually I, working for a living every day. You know, he, he, he is, he says some crazy stuff. He's gone in a lot of trouble, Kirk Minahan. But the one thing is he does is, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, whether you like him or hate him, which I don't, I don't really know what the polls are in Boston, he really, Listen, he can get uh, you Mark, I just, it's, By the way, it sounds like this caller knows a lot about what's going on in Boston and about you guys. So, But I don't even remember. But the guy doesn't bring up what we said. I think oh. it was about the Mannings. I hope it was about the Mannings because that was, I mean, that was pretty transparent. Feinbaum was um, protecting, covering for the Mannings no matter what the story was. It could have been something about Eli. It could have been something about uh, Cooper. He was going to defend the Mannings, and I believe he just adores Archie Manning. But that's uh, Paul Feinbaum on us, on me. Um, what have you guys done? You guys are doing what a 16 what, share in a major market. What, what are we a blot on society? Oh, yeah, uh, blot of society. Yeah, uh, I like sure. it. I like it. But uh, you know what, my man Bill Belichick, he'll he'll go after it some way, in some form. If he gets wind of what Fine Bob said, he's gonna he's gonna get his revenge in this life or the next. That's gonna happen, and it should because you know there's plenty of crit you can you can criticize Belichick. Hell, I'm gonna be front of the line if he starts cam newton you know that was uh, signing re-signing cam newton to me didn't make any sense unless he has agreed to be a backup and i don't think he has i would have not i would have cut ties after the last game just said it was great to have him good effort good good try good effort but uh didn't work out and moved on i can't believe he's back and i can't believe belichick is saying that's his starter it ain't it ain't but um you know what um fine bomb is going to strike a nerve and we'll have more. There'll be more to the story, I hope. But uh, I wish Feinbaum was like more of a presence in New England. I would like to hear more from him. He sounds like a, he a couldn't a even be any, he couldn't be any more irrelevant. But though I do think his which is the easiest thing, but I, I think his show was syndicated. So I bet that person right. from New, that didn't sound like an accent. They probably from New England. They're probably the one person who was listening to ESPN radio in Boston. I don't know if that's is that still around on eight fifty? Um, you know, I don't know. I, as we mentioned the other day, we used to, uh, go through the numbers and, and, uh, Dan Lebertard just got 50 million or whatever he got from 
DraftKings never, well, rarely finished in the top 40. And I never knew there were 40 radio stations, but we'd go through the numbers and he'd finished like 46th and 43, 43rd. And, you know, Golik and whatever, Golik and uh, the other guy did okay. They'd finish in, you know, I don't know, 15th. But Lebertard's numbers were so bad. He mustn't have had three people listening in Boston. And now he's getting $50 million and, and uh, good it's luck. Good to him. But it's good timing. You know, yep. Sometimes you get woke, you don't go broke. In this case, you get woke and you're nice and safe. If you're Lebertard, the, you know, Daft Kings don't have to worry about you saying anything to upset the mob because, hell, the mob is on your side. So just be Lebertard. And, and I, I heard he hired like Kate Fagan and he'll probably hire Jamel Hill and all the usual suspects. Jamel, nope. Jamel Hill is absolutely a consultant as part of his new media company. That, oh, I that's know. right. Then they team up on something. I forget yes. what. But yeah, yep. They're going to put all those same, you know, woke ESPNers, former ESPNers in, and none of them will have any listeners, but damn, DraftKings will uh, will bankroll the thing and, and good luck to them. The couple, one, one other football note and, uh, I wish I could um, join the mob and uh, and criticize Craig Carton on this because um, Zach Wilson, new QB in uh, in New York. And by the way, he looks great. He looks like the the best comp when you see the highlights or you see that one or two games that he that were on you know TV this year. That one bowl game or whatever it was against. Uh, I don't think it was a bowl game. The central, it was just a game they had to organize like three days before the game. They said, let's play. Cause they both had an open date, central, uh, not central Florida, um, Charleston or it's a coastal Carolina, Charleston, whatever. One of those teams they played and he looks great. Very athletic. He looks very young, very handsome. He will get chewed up and spit out in, in New York. He, it's not fair. The guy's going to be a good quarterback. I just don't think you have a great chance when you go to New York and play for the jets. But anyway, uh, the one who stole the night, at least on, on social media, was his mother, who's young and hot and blonde. And uh, everyone's saying, who is that? It was Zach Wilson's mom, who looks to be about 33 years old. But <clears throat> so Craig Carden asks about having what's like, you know, to have a hot mom, essentially. And everyone's killing Craig Carden until you hear it. and You say it wasn't so bad. Can we hear Craig Carden ask the new Jets quarterback about his hot mom? Yes. So uh, I, I I check out the newspapers right when I wake up this morning. I go online. Let me see what let me just see what other people are saying about my guy. You know, and the headline of the post is Zackpot. I'm like, all right, I like that. Not bad. The lead story though is not about Zach Wilson becoming the New York Jet quarterback. Your mom has become the lead story here, and I say that respectfully because people are like. The star of the first round of the draft is Mrs. Wilson because she's a very attractive woman. And uh, I'm just wondering how awkward that is for you <laughs> that you just got picked second overall in the draft and the focus is, wow, his mom is really hot. <laughs> I assume you've dealt with it your whole life, but now it's playing out on Broadway. How awkward was that for you? Yeah, it's not my favorite for sure. We like to keep her out of the spotlight, but um, she's an awesome lady, and I love having her support. No doubt. No doubt. I respect that. I had to bring it up because it is on the front page of the papers today. And we asked. See, that wasn't, uh, I mean, he, he, he that wasn't inappro- was not inappropriate. It was not uh, uncalled for, and he got criticized. 
and I hate Craig, Craig Carton. He's a scam artist who has, by the way, is he paying uh, his restitution in full, all the victims? I love the fact that, uh, you know, Entercom, they can't have somebody on the air who, you know, I don't know, doesn't think four-year-olds should transition, but they can have a guy who scammed all, all his friends out of millions, millions, and they can have him do talk about gambling too. You know, oh, it's true. Yeah. He's, doing, he's doing the uh, like awareness. Right. The, you have a gambling problem. Uh, we have, we have ethical standards, right. yep. but uh, that wasn't a bad question. And you know what? It was a big topic. His mother was a big topic. And the, the question is, how awkward is it? And he answered it. He didn't like it, but he got through it. And by the way, that's a preview of things to come, Zach Wilson. Just wait till the questions come. If you suck or if you, you know, are always hurt or whatever you're going to get you would have asked the question by the way like that's just like he went yes. on for a friggin' minute because he was so scared to right. ask it to begin with like just be a man it's on the front page of the new york post your mom she's attractive it's in new york does that bother you bye that doesn't make you a scumbag for asking the question do it and move on but you could tell you know this is supposed to be some edgy guy and he has to explain himself right. as he asks this question for a minute it's insane well, they, uh, you know, they, they, he asked the question and he handled it and uh, good luck to Zach Wilson. He, he's, a, looks like, you know, a really good quarterback. This his comp is Mahomes cause he's that athletic and a strong arm. But I think, uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Trey Lance and Mac Jones are in much better situations. In fact, Mac Jones might be in the best situation of all the rookie quarterbacks. So he has made the best chance to succeed. Zach Wilson has the worst chance to succeed, even though there's a new coach and, you know, new, new everything in New York. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but uh, that is it for our, our draft talk. One other thing we got to get to, because it's kind of a, a weekly thing we do here. Um, Saturday Night Live was a repeat. We're not going to review Saturday Night Live. We don't, uh, you know, it, it was a bad show the first time, so we didn't watch the second one. But the story over the weekend, the Saturday Night Live story, it was incredible. It's it's just so telling and just so indicative of uh, the times in which we live. But the host next week, I believe, yes, a week, yes, from us. Uh, so five days from now, the host is Elon Musk. Now, to me, that's a coup. You get Elon Musk to host. That's just not some, usually it's a star of a new movie, you know, who's coming out and you get one of the stars and half the people don't know who it is and they don't watch the movie and they don't care and they do a, a, a fake game show and they do whatever and it's all the same, goes by the same script. Elon Musk, Elon Musk is different. You know, this is a guy who's not an actor, not a singer, not a comedian, who's an entrepreneur and a super successful businessman, a great innovator, a multi-billionaire, the second richest guy in the world, I believe now. He goes back and forth, but his uh, fortune has grown during the pandemic. But anyway, um, Elon Musk is, is asking for uh, suggestions, for skits for uh, the show when he's hosting. And uh, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it. It's, you know, how awkward it will be, how funny he will be, how good his monologue will be. Um, he's a fascinating guy by any standard anyway. And he's getting a bunch of suggestions on Twitter for uh, skits, you know, about landing on the moon with one of his rockets and the moon is made out of uh, Bitcoin or some stupid thing. There's all kinds of these dumb suggestions and they'll probably use some of them. Anyway, the big story is the cast isn't happy. The cast for um, Saturday Night Live doesn't like the fact that Elon Musk is hosting. And I guess he's not woke enough. I didn't 
really realize it. He's kind of a libertarian, as you'd expect, and he's kind of a uh, you know a, a contrarian in many ways. If he doesn't, he's a misogynist, Gary. Just say it. He's a misogynist. Say it. That's what they think. What makes him misogynist? By the way, I read the story, the New York Post story. I got it right in front of me. The reason they're upset is that he's a rich, successful businessman. That's true. I mean, they they. Uh, they don't have like, it's not one thing he said, you know, usually there'd be a, an accusation of, like you say, sexual uh, misconduct, or he said something on inappropriate work and that kind of thing. But it's not that, um, one of the cast, uh, a writer for the show, Andrew Dismukes posted on Instagram when they found out Elon Musk was hosting, he said, only CEO I wanted to sketch with is Sherry, Sherry O'Terry, the former cast member who, you know, that's hilarious. I guess her initials are CEO. So this writer does not want to do a show, a sketch with a CEO. Like he doesn't, because he's CEO. Andy Bryant, A.D. Bryant, I believe she's the uh, Zoftic one, the large woman. She shared a message that was considered a dig at Musk too. She said, uh, she reposted a tweet from, uh, 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 yeah, retweeted a tweet from Bernie Sanders that called it a moral obscenity that the 50 wealthiest people in America own more wealth than the bottom half of our people. So the reason Michael Che kidded to Jimmy Fallon that he hopes the billionaire Musk will uphold the SNL tradition of hosts giving, quote, a couple of million dollars to each cast member. Now, that's hilarious, but that's Michael Che, not often funny. And Miley Cyrus, the musical guest, tweeted went back and forth with little friendly banter with the uh, with musk and took a lot of criticism for that that she was uh, indulging the host but that's it i kept waiting for the reason a reason that you wouldn't want to go on stage with them there is none they just don't like him because he's worth a hundred billion dollars and he's you know he's 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 sending rockets to the into space and he's inventing or he's perfecting the electric car and he's just a brilliant uh, history-making, groundbreaking entrepreneur. That's what they don't like. The guy actually creates jobs and pays taxes and makes money. It's That's a billionaire with a personality. Like, do you know, like Bezos would be horrific on Saturday Night Live, right? right? Warren Buffett would be horrific on Saturday Night Live. Elon Musk has a personality. He's moderate. I don't know if he's funny, but he has the potential to be funny. He caused some, uh, he caused a little bit of a stir with Joe Rogan, right? Weren't they smoking weed on Joe Rogan's podcast or something like that? So, yeah, he was it, smoking weed with Rogan, but I mean, nothing really controversial, um, unfortunately, yeah. but, uh, um, I'll be watch. I'll watch and hopefully it's uncomfortable, but no one, the, the story is that Lauren Michaels has allowed them an out. If you don't like the host, which is amazing to me. So the boss is talking to writers, not even big stars, not that they have any stars, but we're not talking about, you know, Chris Farley or, or Phil Hartman or Eddie Murphy we're talking about just this cast of nobodies that cranks out this crap every week. That's in the, the, that is most notable because it's not funny and it's not edgy and all they do is, you know, defend, you know, the deep state, the big, you know, the swamp, they love Biden. They love, you know, all the, all the, the, the woke mob, they're with the mob and they're supposed to be, you know, edgy comedians. Anyway, not one, no one has uh, publicly announced that they will not participate in this episode because they don't like Elon Musk. If they do, if they do, 
that will be the most embarrassing moment in SNL history. If somebody, one of the cast members, if, if A.D. Bryant or, uh, or Michael Chase is, I'm not doing the show because I don't like him. I mean, that's, in, that's like, that's, that's not what you do if you're a comedian. That's not what you do if you're an, if you're a, a, a iconoclast, if you're a contra- you don't do that. You don't say, I don't like him. So I'll be home. Call me next week when, uh, you know, whoever, uh, Robert Schmeigel is, <laughs> call me next week when Jimmy Fallon makes his return to the show. I'll come back. It's just embarrassing. When do they start typically in SNL, like rehearsing? Isn't it normally I early think, in the week? Yeah, Monday, right? This would be yeah. probably today. And Sunday's the big party day. And then Monday, Tuesday, they get to work. So he'll be there in New York and, this guy's a tireless, just a workaholic. He will work his ass off on this show. And I'll bet you'll be pretty good. He'll be okay and he'll get along with everybody. But I hope someone bows out. I hope someone says, I can't do it. He's he's a millionaire. I mean, a billionaire. I don't want to be hanging out with billionaires. But uh, we'll see. It'll be uh, it'll be worth watching and uh, worth mocking if uh, they do their usual and uh, do a, an entirely unfunny I wonder, how that, I wonder how that process works. Like who? So Lauren Michaels probably booked him directly. I don't even know. How, how do you book? How do you book Elon Musk? And then even I'm going to guess Lauren Michael. I'm going to guess you go from the top. Lauren Michaels or somebody that level. But don't, don't you know, think the backlash, do just call him up? <laughs> don't you think word traveled around a little bit, like in the actual cast and the and the production crew? They knew that they were booking SNL, uh, booking Elon Musk as host. And don't you think like a backlash started and they just chose to do it anyway? Right. Like it's they're kind of asking for the cast to get pissed off if you if you listen to feedback and then you let it happen anyway. I, don't, I mean, I would have wanted it to happen, but it seems like there's enough people that are pissed off about it. And they just said, screw you. I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. Right. Which I actually yeah. respect out of Lauren Michaels. Right. And I and when, yeah, that's true. I mean, Lauren, Mike, I mean, the idea that they have a show that does not mock or ridicule, you know, Joe Biden or Hunter doesn't mention Hunter Biden barely mentions, you know, AOC or the, the squad. I mean, there's a lot of material there that they do not touch because they are on that team. You know, they're uh, again, the real edgy comedians, you know, George Carlin would be disgusted with these people disgusted with this woke crowd. I mean, that's not, that's not comedy. I mean, it's just another you know political uh, show that's there to cheerlead the, uh, the current administration, but, uh, I'll watch, I'll watch, I'll see. Um, and, uh, I'll probably mock them, but, uh, anyway, we have, we have a, a bunch of stuff to get to, but you know, we'll save some of it. Caitlin Jenner, Caitlin Jenner. You know I mean, she's pissing off, uh, all the right people. I'm certainly not going to support, uh, not that it matters who I support for the governor of California, but, uh, um, I don't know. I like my governors. I don't like, necessarily people who you know kill other people in remorseless uh, <laughs> and are remorseless after killing people in car accidents that's a, a deal breaker for me so i'm not a big fan of caitlin jenner but boy did she piss off the right people when she said she does not support uh biological males trans girls playing sports and kicking ass and you're not going to get a better authority on the topic than caitlin jenner who knows if she and she's whatever in her sixties. If she were competing today against biological females, she knows she would kick their ass. Uh, she knows if she ever in her prime went against females, she was one of the you know the greatest athlete in the world as a male. She knows she would kick their ass. She knows she has great physical advantages. But uh, she went. I'll give her credit. She went uh, 
uh, against the grain and uh, they will never forgive him for for her for it the extreme the extremists out there are not going to get over this the fact that she said girls i mean trans girls biological boys should not be able to compete that's a deal breaker for a lot of the people that would normally support a uh, transgender individual who's running for governor so i don't think she has a shot but it'll be interesting watching her it may hopefully she'll be in there and yeah. be on the debates and it'll get it'll get crazy because uh you know whoever anyone's better than uh, gavin newsom but we'll see how that plays out and uh we will uh we'll see how the uh aaron Rodgers things plays out that's going to dominate the next whatever it is three months four months of off season dominate aaron Rodgers. just how unhappy is he just how much does he want out because if he's determined to get out he's getting out and someone else is getting the mvp which is pretty rare but anyway we will leave it there thanks to everybody for listening and to watching on youtube i didn't get to the comments because i'm hosting a show you sit there and look at the comments the whole time any comments that you would like to uh to read here for the uh, for the broad for the, uh, for the show. Uh, yeah, nothing crazy. I mean, everybody loved what the Patriots did in the comment section, so they like the uh, Mac Jones pick, which is good. Fine bombs an idiot. So you know, like we we got the greatest hits in the in the comment section. Not, nothing crazy. But before we go, I wanted to get your take. What was your take on uh, Brookline keeping the outdoor mask? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw I you encouraged. I had to. Yeah. I went out Friday uh, running, and there were people still running with masks and biking with masks, and I'm this close to starting yelling at people by themselves running along the river with masks. I want to say, didn't you hear? The governor said you don't have to wear a mask anymore. What are you doing? But yesterday, I walked a lot around the city, and a lot of people were, were throwing the masks away. I'm going to say it's down to about 65% compliance. It was at 95 you know, last week it's down and it's dropping and people are, I don't know, following the science, following the CDC, unlike Brookline, Brookline is not following the science. They're ignoring the science. They are insisting people still wear masks when you know they don't do anything when you're outdoors, get rid of the masks, especially when you're vaccinated. But we have, unfortunately, the anti-vaxxers are in the most powerful positions. The leading anti-vaxxers are Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, 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 Fauci, those are the leading voices for the anti-vax movement. If you get vaccinated, you know, nothing changes, according to Joe Biden, according to Kamala Harris. So why bother? Why bother? You know, if you listen to people like Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, you get to get rid of the mask as soon as you get vaccinated so you can live your life. But uh, they're not quite as uh, uh visible and vocal as biden and harris are so the president and vice president hopefully will eventually come around and, and realize that vaccines work and they don't have to remain masked up and socially distanced and they will stop with the anti-vax rhetoric and we can all you know get on with our lives you have you're double vaccinated right you got both double i got absolutely crushed on friday the day after my uh, second pfizer shot oh it, it was a, it beat my body bad it was really a, yes i got beat up so did good you feel there. was it like when you get really hung over and you say why did i do that you know why did i do that shot at midnight uh, well you're you, well, you, I didn't get, get you feel crappy and say why did i do that i don't it, i'm young and i'm healthy why did i get that shot I am at my peak in terms of unhealthiness right now. It felt like uh, five years ago, lifting weights for the first time in the gym the day after doing that. That's what it felt like, not wanting to get out of bed. Once you got somewhere, you just wanted to stay the whole day. It was an achy fatigue. 
it was to the extreme for 24 hours. Then it was gone, right? It was just 24 hours and then it's gone. Yep. But now you can go outside without a mask, right? Now, now you go, go to the store. Yep. I can go watch soccer games as long as I'm staying six feet from other people. Everybody at the soccer field was still wearing masks when I was uh, <laughs> my nephew's games, five years old. But, uh, but yeah, but I'm good. So, but they still wear masks and social distance, even if they're vaccinated. Makes right. sense. You're an anti-vaxxer too. You know, yeah. when I, when I get vaccinated, I'm going to go live my life, but yeah. we will see. All right, we'll leave it there. Thanks to uh, DCU and Shake Concrete and Ally Paving. And thanks to everyone for listening and watching and commenting on YouTube. We appreciate it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Why am I stopping? No one else stops. I don't. I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. Seven years ago, college wrestler Damian Hurd disappeared from a party in Gunnison, Colorado. Everyone has been drinking or whatever the usual party scene. When, how, and why he left are questions I need your help to understand. Nobody's heard from him. No, it's just like he disappeared. From Cold Case Productions and Podcast One, Final Days on Earth, The Life and Death of Damian Hurd. I'm your host, Claire Sanima. Join me April 20th for the season premiere. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Are you headed back to college this fall? Amazon has part-time jobs with students in mind. With starting pay up to $20 an hour and shifts that work with your schedule, you'll be able to balance school, work, study time, and social time. So beat the fall rush and go to Amazon.com slash student jobs to start looking for a part-time job. Not only will you earn while you learn, but you'll get to add Amazon to your resume and jumpstart a career that can take you places. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. 